We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Everyone, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll be able to get your show pushed on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you for just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com backslash join. Check out the description box for the episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby here with the old man Andreas Hale inching slowly but surely closer to WrestleMania week and WrestleMania weekend. Two nights, once again, I feel like that format is here to stay. We will see how it goes over this year with fans in Tampa. But with that being said, we have plenty of wrestling to talk on this show. NXT is making their final push towards NXT TakeOver. We have AEW to review as well. And... 
the WWE main roster, the good, the bad, the ugly of how they are building towards WrestleMania. Some stuff seems really weird still. So they got a week to correct it. My faith is waning that they will. So we shall see how that plays out. But first, old man, you've gotten into some beef online recently. This has been a, an adventurous week for you with the pen. I've got beef? Who I got beef with? You got beef with the interwebs, the entire internet, sir. First, you pen a column on Lil Nas X, which we're going to start talking about, and the controversy behind him. And then randomly, I wake up today and see you going back and forth, inexplicably having to defend your fandom of Fonte. On, on a day where he dropped a crazy dope song, which is like an interlude, like 50 seconds, a minute of spitting, which is like, damn, he crushes it. But someone tells you, just a little teaser, that he is not top 50 in hip hop all time. Yeah. We, we will um, talk about that. Let's start with your, your column on Lil Nas X, because you were about to write this. And you're like, oh, people are going to be mad at me. That's all I saw at the group chat. I was like, oh, shit. It's about to hit the fan. Lo and behold, people were. Your Facebook was very entertaining because people, for some reason, thought you were defending Lil Nas X and his video and, I guess, the devil imagery. Take, take us through what happened, man. All right. So by now, everybody's seen the Montero video, Lil Nas X. Basically, it's a demon who is, well, you know, uh, Call Me By Your Name is the subtext of that song. And if you, see, if you haven't seen the video, basically, he's on Earth and he's frolicking through Earth because obviously he's a gay black man. Uh, you know, he's, he goes, he dies, he goes to heaven. Heaven's like, nope, you can't come here because you're gay, pretty much. And then he goes to hell, gives Satan a lap dance, kills him and takes over hell. Very, like, when I say it, it sounds bad, but... It's artistic expression. And what Lil Nas X is doing is ever since he's come out as a gay black man who made Old Town Road, he's been getting a lot of hate for being gay. And there's people that are like, I, I haven't seen him. No, I have. I've seen people say some wild shit because on Facebook is where you find how people really feel. Twitter is one thing, right? But in Facebook, people have these conversations and really feel like because they're talking to their friends, they can say whatever they want. Yes. So I started seeing people saying, oh, this is horrible, this video, this, he's pushing this gay black agenda on us, and I don't want my kids seeing this, and demons, and he's a Satanist, and like the Nikes came out, and they were like trashing that. I wasn't going to write about this. I kept looking, and I was like, people that I knew, that I grew up with, it was like, it has nothing to do with him being gay. And I was like, word? It doesn't? All right. Kept watching. Oh, you know, like some people were honest. I don't want to see him lap dancing with Satan. Okay. I kept watching. This, this is the worst. We need to, you know, cancel Lil Nas. I was like, all right, I've had enough, right? I, I was fed up. So I wrote a column on how this is basically, you're couching your, homo, your homophobia behind your religion. So you're like upset that there's satanic images, right? Which is the devil. And people are acting like they've never seen this before. Now, might I remind you that if you grew up in the 90s, in early 90s, listen to Brother Lynch Hung or... If you grew up in the 90s and you listen to Creeping on a Come Up, Bone Thugs and Harmony, and you know, you go to the e Eter e 1999 album, they had Mo Murder and Mr. Ouija and all kinds of shit. And then you listen to DMX and his battle with, with Heaven and Hell and Grave Diggers and so on. Three six and so on. mafia. Three six mafia. Three six mafia. <laughs> 
I mean, how much more exclu- explicit can you get than that? Then some of my friends, no, not some of my friends, some people that I knew, you know, these people on Facebook, you know, they were like, oh, I can't. And I was like, dog, you listen to Nas. Nas was 12 when he went to hell for snuffing Jesus. Big L was the devil's son. Had an entire song about right. He doesn't fuck with Jesus. He rocks with the devil. And you guys were cool with that. But when Lil Nas X comes out and does it, he, like the song's not blasphemous. If you listen to the lyrics of the song, he's not saying anything crazy. It's the video that bothers you. So if it's the images in the video that bother you so much, here's, here's, here's my uh, analogy, right? It's artistic expression. And there's so many videos that are very explicit. You know, we just, you know, a lot of people talk about the WAP video. Explicit. Now, if you have condemned all of these videos, I'm not talking to you. If you're saying I'm not letting my kids watch it, I'm not talking to you. It's cool. I understand. I understand that. If, you, if your kids aren't watching what, if they're not listening to the latest bullshit trash rapper who's talking about, you know, doing drugs and robbing people and shit, I ain't talking about you. But if you liked what and you had a problem with this, we've got a problem because you can like whatever you like. Right. That's cool. I liken this to drinking tea. If I go into your tea shop and I don't like your tea, because it ain't for me. I don't stand in line to go, man, fuck your tea. This tea is terrible. It's offensive. Fuck that tea. I just take my ass to Starbucks and go get me a coffee. Y'all need to take y'all ass to Starbucks, get you a fucking coffee and leave Lil Nas X alone. Because this video was no different than so many more explicit videos that we have seen out there. But your problem is, that the, the, the little gay part where he's doing a lap dance with the devil, it really bothers some of y'all. And we've seen lap dances in fucking rap videos for years. For years. Y'all was watching BET on Cuddles. Like, when's that coming back? <laughs> this is a problem? Yeah, we saw a lap dance on stage at the Grammys. That's what I'm saying. So this is a problem. And it's like, well, it's the devil. Now we've seen the devil before. But let's talk about the artistic expression. Lil Nas X has been condemned to hell. Growing up in the black church, anybody who's grown up in the black church knows that being gay is not cool. Yet and still, as we grew up, we saw so many people that we know, we were like, he's gay, right? Yep. We like, you know, certain people like he's gay, but he doesn't come out because he's scared of the backlash of being gay in the black church. And Lil Nas X came out and I guarantee you there were people like, you're going to hell. We are so quick to condemn people to go to hell because of their sexuality. Like we're ranking sins now. Now, listen, I don't subscribe to a religion. I read the Bible. I grew up Catholic. Then I tried to be Christian. And I was like, this shit is just too much. That's just my opinion. If, if your religion works for you, I'm not saying you're wrong. What I am saying is don't be a hypocrite. Don't say you're going to hell for this. Meanwhile, your pastor's committing adultery. Meanwhile, you know somebody that shot and murdered somebody or stole for somebody or envy or jealousy. The sins are the sins. There is no ranking system when it comes to this. There is no, that's the number one sin. That's the number two sin. Well, if you do the number two sin, you don't do the number, don't, the shit don't work like that. The last thing is, we want people to be our allies. Talking about black people. When it comes to Black Lives Matter, we say, we want you to understand our stories. Listen to us and the things that we go through. Because you, you know, then, then I've seen white people say you're pushing the black agenda, but then I see black people saying you're pushing the gay agenda. How can you be want allies when you only want to be an ally for your own struggle and unwilling to be an ally for somebody else's struggle? That's the hypocrisy of all this shit. Lil Nas X is a gay black man, which is like a double whammy. I'm a black man, which is a whammy. I'm not a gay black man. I can acknowledge that a gay black man is a double whammy. I can acknowledge that a black woman is a whammy. 
and they deal with things much more different than we do. But if I'm going to ignore it and act like, nah, you can't do that, little Nas X, you're a Satanist. What? He's pushing his gay agenda. You know, you know how many people say we're pushing the black agenda? Come on, man, we gotta be allies for everybody in this. It's his artistic expression. If you didn't like the video, turn the shit off. But I just never seen so many people so eager to jump on the fucking Beyonce's internet to <laughs> condemn little Nas. The kid's 21, man, relax. Move on, do something else with your life. So yeah, yeah. I, wrote, I wrote that column. Uh, PBS News just reached out to me. They wanted they're thinking about doing an interview with me about it. Cause I'm I'm just I'm not with the shits, man. I'm not with the shits. You know, gay people need our help. Asian people need our help. We can't just be like, oh, Black Lives Matter, Black Lives Matter. And there's been Asians that have supported us, but when they have their shit, we're like, yeah, but no, we can't do that. Be an ally. Be an ally. Don't be a hypocrite. Nah, perfectly said. Like it. You're looking at it and for people to say that homophobia doesn't play any part. That's the biggest thing I call bullshit on off written. It's a lie, dog. Lying. Just lie. Like it's all about the church. Like all of a sudden you rolled up and you were like super Christian today. Mind you, it's not all homophobia. Like if we're keeping it a buck, it's not all homophobia. Because Cardi and Megan dry humping on stage is cool as hell. <laughs> right. Like, it's, it's not lesbianism. It's not trying to finagle a three-way on every fucking corner of the internet, hopping in people's DMs while you got a girl going to a strip club with a girl. Like, all these people in your comments, if I went like, yo, listen, me, are you in a relationship? Yeah. Your girl bring another girl home. You, you happy as hell? Oh, yo, yeah, double toppy, blah, blah, like they would go crazy. Like, oh, okay, but um, male on male homophobia is wrong, huh? Oh, well, God, and uh, oh, okay, I get you. Cool, I got you, no problem. So it's not all homophobia. And that's, again, just layers of hypocrisy. Two girls could openly be like tribbing on stage at the Grammys. Lil Nas X couldn't go up there and, and, and make out with his boyfriend. It's too much for y'all. It's, for some of y'all, it's just too much. And I'm, I'm glad you said that, Kyle, because that, that hits the nail really on the head. Because men, because hip-hop is a very male-dominated industry. And whether you like it or not, Lil Nas X is part hip-hop country, whatever. Pop, it's pop. Yeah. But hip-hop is, has been very male-dominated, very homophobic towards males. But so many rappers have talked about girl on girl, cool, girl on girl, cool, but I ain't with that gay shit. All right. <laughs> like, this is a double standard, right? It's like yep. a true double standard. But Lil Nas X does this video expressing himself, and you're like, ew, this is the gay agenda. No, 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 no. There, like, there's been women who are gay, but you're cool with that because it's cute to you. You just don't think this is cute. Fuck what you think. That's your problem. It ain't got nothing to do with you. That's that man's struggle. It ain't yours. Yep. And the gay agenda, that shit bothered me. So like, so what is their agenda? Their agenda is to make everyone gay? Like, did we all not grow up reading and watching the X-Men? Like, this is the dumbest shit ever. Like, did the X-Men teach us nothing? No, everyone cannot have fucking Cyclops and Wolverine powers. No, just because there are gay people and you see gay people with your two eyes, that is not going to make you gay. I have known gay people my entire life 
I've known people my age who were gay. I swear to God, we were at the age of two or one and we knew they were gay. Like people are people, they are who they are. There's different spectrums of LGBTQ. There's trans people, there's queer people. There's, it, it's not one thing. There's a whole spectrum of gayness. It is throughout history. If people don't know, there's fucking bathhouses throughout history. It used to be a sign of wealth and status for men to sleep with other men. But people don't know because they live in a bubble and they don't know shit beyond what people were doing in 1990 or whenever the hell they grew up. So now it's just like when, when you look at it and people just say, oh, well, the gay agenda. What is the gay agenda? Or they're, so they're, they're trying to make young black men gay? Okay, but so are Megan and Cardi trying to make young black women lesbian? And then if they are, are you okay with that? Now, now what are we reaching at? If there's a true gay agenda, I see a lot more women on women stuff than men on men. And if it's all about the kids and what they're trying to do to the kids, what is that saying? Because I just saw Sweetie and, and what's her face Doja Cat be my best friend and twerking on each other. And that shit's about to be on Triller. They're performing. So what are, what are we talking about here? Hey, you know what it is. And, and the last thing I'll say about this, because I want people to understand, like, when I grew up and I read the Bible as a kid, I thought that being gay was a sin too. There was a time where I was like, oh yeah, the, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah, Sodom and Gomorrah. And I started reading into it and I was like, this is kind of bullshit. And I remember the day that I started to really change is that as a teenager, I worked at the MGM Grand theme park. Once upon a time, the MGM Grand had a theme park. Hey, that show was fire. <laughs> and there was this dude named Chad. I'll never forget him. And he was gay. He was a gay white dude. And he was openly gay. And we worked the rides together. And when I first got assigned to a ride with him, I was like, mm, I don't want to work with this gay dude. It was still, you know, it's an, it's the 90s, late 90s. And I'm like, mm. and we started talking and he starts talking about, you know, black, black struggle. And I'm listening to him and I'm like, you know, we're really not all that different. Like, why am I bugging? Right. Because it was a time that black skin was supposed to be a sin. It was like the mark, like we were marked. And I'm listening to him tell his story. And I'm like, oh, I'm fucked up. Right? Like, because I want people to be all about Black this and Black that, but I'm listening to his story and the shit that he deals with and the names that he's been called. And he was a good dude. He was a good dude. And I was just like, yo, we can't, I can't ask him to be on my side and I'm behind his back calling him the F word and saying, laughing at gay, like, oh, it's so gay. <laughs> I can't do that. That's not being an ally. Yep. I had to learn that. And a lot of y'all still got to learn that because. Gay is not, you know, as much as people say, well, gay is accepted. It's just like saying, you know, there's black faces on TV. Look at Oprah. Dog, that's the outlier. It's, it, it's not the norm. We didn't say a gay male couple until modern family. I know people say Will and Grace, but they weren't a couple. There wasn't a prominent gay couple on television until modern family. And if you think about that, it's not like gay people just magically appeared. And, and <laughs> no. I'm talking about network television because I watch Queer as Folk. Right. And I was like, yo, this show was incredible. Queer's folk was incredible. But there was a time where I was just like, I don't know if I could tell the homies this. And then I thought about it, I was like, fuck the homies. If they can't take that I watch the queer's folk, you know, they laugh. And I'm like, yo, what's so funny about this shit? It's real life. These people watch the L word in high school. That shit was dope. Saying so it's like I had to learn, like, 
yo, how can I be an ally for anybody struggling or expect the same if, they, if I won't do it for them? So when I saw this video and I saw all these people coming out saying all these things, but I'm like, you're so quiet about all the other bullshit that happens in hip hop and music, but you're loud. Nobody asked your opinion on this. That was my thing. It was like, nobody asked you what you thought of the Lil Nas X video. I saw friends of mine was like, fuck Lil Nas X. Nobody asked you. He's, he's profiting off of Nike should swoon. Nike knows they're doing the godly thing. What? There were sneakers that were made with holy water and those sold for like four grand too. Nike didn't do anything about it. <laughs> so what are, you, what are you telling me here? Like, come on, man. I get, I see y'all. And some of y'all are homophobic. Just that y'all don't want to admit it because it's not the cool thing to do because you're worried about getting canceled. Meanwhile, you're trying to cancel little Nas X. It's kind of hypocritical. Listen, man, everyone, same people wearing Supreme, not giving a fuck that Odd Future was doing it, screaming 666 with, with devil crosses on the beanie. Like, people forget how Tyler and everyone came out. That entire Goblin album. The whole entire Goblin, Goblin album. album. Yo, he said some wild shit on the second single. Like, some crazy, like, devil shit on the second album. That was bananas. And I remember hearing the song for the first time on MTV Europe Awards. They had a literal midget come out and perform with them. Small person, yeah, little person. Yeah, in, in the Supreme mask. Like, Supreme is the hottest shit you can get now. So if you're telling me it's just about corporate America and Nike and they put the devil stuff on Nike, cool, but you guys all buy Supreme limited stock shit. Why, are, why is it Supreme canceled? Because, you know, we... <laughs> That's how people are, man. If it doesn't fit their agenda, they don't they don't like it. And it's okay if the if you think the video is whack, that's okay. That's if fine. You think it's not whack. It reminds me of South Park, by the way. Right. Yeah. Saddam Saddam Hussein is saying yeah. Bigger <laughs> longer cut. And everyone loves that shit, by the way. Yeah. But if, if you think the song, if you don't like the song, that's okay. If you don't like the video, that's okay. But to say that this is corrupting our kids when there's so many other things wrong, like there's a whole ass trial going off of Eric Chavon's murder of George Floyd. And you're worried about Lil Nas X corrupting your kids? Worry about the cop that's going to kill your kids. Facts. Word. Like, people are asked that. And that just goes to show Facebook is all fucked up. Stay off Facebook. <laughs> if you take anything from this story stay stay off of facebook people are fucking crazy um the other thing we got to touch on before we go to break real quick is you thought, thought dre was was done you thought that the the crowd following him with torches on twitter was done you thought the trolls were gonna leave his mentions alone because the little nas x article died down a bit you'd be wrong today Dre's minding his business, brings up Fonte, continues to show people why he belongs amongst the gro- the goats, right? Not yeah. is the goat, no. just he belongs in the realm of the goats. And uh, I remember when you wrote this article like three years ago about Fonte and kind of giving Fonte his flowers and asking why don't people consider him one of the goats. And then we had this conversation on the podcast, but it's a good time to revisit it. There's a guy on Twitter. I didn't even look up his name. He said, Fonte, listen, he's not in my top 10. I think he's dope as fuck. He's not in my top 10. I can't knock that he's in your personal top 10. Like, that's that's dope. He's not one of the top 50 MCs. Listen, we, we looked at from Flex's 50 MC list. Like, I, I get it. 
there's 50 impactful artists in hip hop. To be top 50 in hip hop is to be like top 50 in the NBA. There's a lot of good ass players who aren't top 50. So I get it. To argue that he has no business, like I wouldn't kill someone for putting him top 20. I can find a spot for him in the top 30. And I'm not a huge little brother Fonte fan. Like, you know, I'm not like a super fan. I respect how dope they are. But it's kind of like Black Thought. Like, Black Thought's not in my top 10 sometimes. He's moved into it now. But, like, there's people who don't put him in the top 20. I'm just like, what are you judging this by? The guy said Mace is better. <laughs> Listen, I said Mace might have a classic on his hand. Mace is not better than Fonte. Like, what are people, what is he judging off of would be my question. And is he judging off of what most people judge off of, which is impacts, record sales, and billboard charts, which didn't matter until Kanye and 50 made that shit happen? I'm not entirely sure, right? Like, when I looked at, so, you know, Fonte dropped uh, the interlude for um, Let It Roll, and it's, it's, I thought it was incredible. It, I mean, he killed it in so many bars. But I've always thought Fonte was incredible. I said he was among the ghosts. And I wrote that column after um, No News is Good News came out yeah. in 2018. And uh, I revisited because every time he does something, I'm just like, yeah, man, this I'm on the fucking rap. Like, he, he doesn't get the credit he deserves or the impact that he had on the industry. And so I brought up that co- column because without having to go through Twitter and do it all over again, I was very clear. I, like, my parallel was like, he's the arrested development of rappers, a show that didn't do incredible ratings when it came out, but it laid the foundation for shows like 30 Rock, right? Like arrested development was clever, it was unique. It was, it was different, but it influenced a bunch of other shows that did big numbers afterward. But when arrested development first came out, it got fucking canceled because nobody was watching it. Little brother came out at a time where 50 and Kanye and all those people were running the industry and Fonte was really like blue collar rap. He, he didn't rap about having excess. He rapped about whatever he was doing at the time, being a dad and, and you know, cheating on his girl. Like he would just rap about very uh, relatable shit. And I, and you know, with Ninth and Wonder's Beats, like, and I just thought that he was incredible. But Kanye like ate that shit. Kanye tried to sign Little Brother to good music for those who don't know. And it, you know, didn't work out, whatever. But he laid the foundation for a new group of MCs who were very open about their emotions, their feelings, and they didn't have to use a lot of hyperbole about their lives. They just kind of told their lives how it was. And the number one person who Fonte influenced is Drake. When it came to the singing and the rapping, it was Drake. Drake was like, Fonte's my favorite rapper. He doesn't say the shit much anymore, but he used to say it all the time. And now look at Drake, biggest rapper in the fucking world, biggest pop star in the world, influenced by Fonte. If you ask a lot of people who your favorite rapper's favorite rapper is, a lot of people will point at Fonte. A lot of people will point at Royce. A lot of people will point at Thought. Yep. But Fonte is a guy who never sold a ton of records. Solo in a group, got nominated for a Grammy with Foreign Exchange, is a dual threat, does things that other MC, other talents just cannot do. He's just better than a lot of people. And, I, you know, I'll take him out of the, the rapper realm because even though he's a great rapper, he's a tremendous artist. He's tremendous. So I wrote that column three years ago and I revisited it. And, yeah, somebody got my time. I was like, nope. 
And I'm always like, yo, man, I got an opinion, right? It's a well-informed opinion. I've been in this goddamn game for 20 years. When I say something, I back it up. I always say things with facts. I always use things. I always cite things. I just don't say shit. And this dude was like, nope. And I'm like, dog, it's cool if you don't think so. But why do you feel like you got to jump on my timeline to say no? Nobody fucking asked you. He was like, you think he's the GOAT? Nope. Said he was amongst the GOATs. I can name 50. I'm like, dog, just go ahead and name him. And he's like, you ever heard of a rapper named Redman? And that tickled me. So I'm like, how long have I been? I've been doing, like, I do this. I don't just listen to music. And and that's just like, I grew up listening to him, obviously, like most kids do. But I've been in this space documenting this culture for 20 years. And you're going to ask me about Redman? Then he had run DMC. I mean, he had Rev Run on his list. Nope. Mm-mm. No, then, come on. Like, I, I get it, but I don't get it. You got to be objective. There's better rappers. There's maybe five no. better rappers from that era. <laughs> it's just, it's just a no, right? Because he was talking about longevity, skill, and technique. And I'm like, Fonte's been here for 20 years. He's been here as long as I've been here in this industry. There are not very many rappers that are still here and still dope for 20 years. There's very few that still continue to make dope shit for 20 years. So when you talk about longevity, Run DMC wasn't doing it for 20 years. They weren't. They weren't. They were gone. That Crown Royal (laughs) album, that was it. Down with the King, it was over. 20 years. And then he said Mace. Again, 20 years. And made dollar sign, baby. Mace had two albums. Was there a third? I don't know, because it was over after the second one. After Double Up, it was over. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, he might have had a coming back joint. The welcome back, that shit. I don't know. Was, it, well, I was that on an album or just Yeah, I think so. That's how bad, but that's how bad it was. Again, 20 years. Fonte influenced a lot of people. Duh, you don't have to have a number one. It's you could pick, you could put these rappers wherever you want on your list. But when I say among the goats, because I don't believe in truly a goat, I think that it's kind of crazy in hip hop because it's not, there's no stats to really back it. It ain't like Jordan with his six rings. Even then, we'll still talk about Kareem, we'll still talk about Bill Russell, we'll talk, we'll talk about LeBron. So there's no cemented goat. But in, in hip hop, it's based on really what you like. So I think he's among the goats based on who he's influenced his longevity, his ability to work with just about anybody. And the fact that he is for most people, your favorite rapper's favorite rapper. And in most publications, he's never had a mediocre outing. He's never had like under a four Hmm. in his solo or his little brother albums. He got nominated for a Grammy for foreign exchange. How dare you tell me that Mace is better than this man? He said Tretch. Listen, man, I like Naughty by Nature. Ain't nobody talking about Tretch today. Church would it be in my top 50 anyway? Exactly. Then he, he, I mean, he named Exhibit. I, I've always been a big Exhibit fan, but no. What did Exhibit do? After, once Exhibit started pimping his ride, it was kind of over for him. Like the Foundation album, incredible. 40 Days and 40 Nights, love that album. Then it started like Man vs. Machine when he got signed to Aftermath and was working with Dre. And I was like, nah, I don't remember any of that shit. But there was still no impact. Like, Exhibit didn't influence a Drake. <laughs> like, come on, man. This man influenced the, the guy who is most considered the biggest star in, in the world, period. Outside of Beyonce. More, the motherfucking Drake had three, the top three songs on the Billboard 100. 
That's absurd. He was influenced by a little known rapper named Fonte. So don't, dog, listen, you ain't got to totally agree with me, but don't give me no absurd shit. Fucking <laughs> Mace? Fuck, Mace? Come on, man. Come on. And look, I'm not, this is not to disparage, mate. well, I'm not the big Mace fan. This is not to disparage Tretch. Well, come on, man. Come on. I don't even think he had Big Boy on his list. I know he didn't have like Rascat. Like, there's just people he didn't have on his list. And I'm just like, did you really have to go out your way to do this? But this is just what this is what Twitter does. People, people just think they know shit and then they don't like I got credentials. If there's one thing I'm gonna do in this industry, I don't have this huge ego, but I'm gonna grab my nuts if you test me on this shit. And I'm gonna tell you, bitch, I've been here a long fucking time. I know what I'm talking about. Check the byline. Yeah, check dog. There aren't let's just be real, man. There aren't that many cats who have been as many different places I've been in this industry by choice. Now, I don't get pushed around by choice. I worked underground hip hop. I worked in the main, like the, the most underground site was hip hop site. The most mainstream shit was BET. I did both, both. So don't tell me about anything about mainstream or underground. Yes, I'm always gonna have an affinity for lyricists. That's just who I am. But I also like drink. That's just who I am. Don't question me. Get the fuck out of here with Mace. <laughs> with Mace. Now, hopefully, you know, Lupe's in that category for me, too. Like, Lupe, Thought, Royce. It's these guys who, you know, sometimes they aren't blockbuster, you know, just huge mega stars, million records. But it's important that we don't lose that aspect of the culture. And they get their flowers and so you got to stick up for them when people just come through and be like, they're not top 50. It's like when people don't put KRS-One in their, you know, top some odd, 25, 30, 40. Like, you can't just lose some of the dopest rappers ever because people want to put, I don't know, fucking future top five all time. <laughs> that's, that shit's out there. That shit's out there. Don't laugh. That shit's out there. And, and you know what? It's, it's a lot of rappers who I don't necessarily like, but I can understand why they're there. That's one thing I try to do. It's like, I don't necessarily like it, but I get it. Like to say like certain rappers, like when you say a certain rapper is better than another rapper. Yeah, but I can see like, I can see why people like Future. I'm not a Future fan. I can see it. Is he one of the greatest of all time? No. I understand what an MC is. I don't, I'm not a big Young Thug fan, but I can see why people like him. Do I think he's top 10 all the time? Absolutely not. But I get it. I get why some people like him. I get why people like Lil Baby. I get it. I get people like The Baby. But until they're here for like an extended period of time, we can't really talk about like goat status. Like it gets a little absurd. So like what you like, it's cool. But stop fucking arguing with me on the internet about some shit. Especially when I like I did a whole ass researched article about it. And you want to come in here and tell me about some goddamn rev run. Like, I don't know who Rev Run is. <laughs> Have you ever heard of this Reggie Noble fella? <laughs> like, I just talked about him. I just talked about Reggie. Like, we could have we could have a debate. One fucker said, like, a lot of people was like, Buster Rhymes is better than Fontaine. I was like, hmm, that's an interesting one. Because I don't go back and listen to Buster albums. But the impact is there. So we can have a debate about that. I'm not going to necessarily tell you that you're wrong. I disagree. And I can bring up facts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I could see why somebody would put Buster there. I just don't go ever go back to Buster Rhymes album. I never go back to the Buster Rhymes album. It's just me. Yeah, I listen to songs. I'm not going to listen to a whole album. Even though he got heat. But, you know, Buster is just the ultimate feature or crazy singles type of guy to me. Um, but, yeah, that's great way to wrap it up. Let's hit the break because we got to come back. So much wrestling to get to. So hopefully you guys are ready. This is the first push towards WrestleMania week. Hopefully you're excited as we are. We won't be there this year, but doesn't mean we can't be hyped from home. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everyone, it's Lindsay Rhodes and I've got a new podcast, The NFL Road Show fun and kind of nerdy conversation about the NFL every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I've got some amazing guests that are joining me. I'll be breaking the huddle with the top stories, previewing games. We'll get you set for the weekend fantasy with our Fantasy Friday episodes, and we'll answer some of your questions as well. So subscribe to the NFL Roadshow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we are back, and you know what? It's it's good to start with AW because I feel like NXT we're building towards Takeover. It's two nights. Uh, NXT just announced that they are going to be moving from Wednesdays to Tuesdays. That has sent impact from Tuesdays to Thursdays. So let me see if I can be long winded for a second. Mondays we have Monday Night Raw. Tuesday we have NXT. Wednesday, we have AEW. Thursday, we have Impact. Friday, we have SmackDown. And then pay-per-views will be on Sunday. So pretty much, if you're a hardcore wrestling fan, you have Saturday nights. And that's not including AEW having uh, AEW Dark and Dark Elite and being the Elite. And then NXT having NXT UK that they're still going to be producing. They're coming out with another show, Evolve. 
um, for NXT and the WWE Network 205 Live for people like me, all three of us left in the world. So there's so much wrestling now, but it's spread out. I can't wait to see if the ratings go up. We shall see. But this week with AEW, Dre, I, I thought the show had its really high points, and then it had some really low points. I can't even say really low, but just some stuff I still I, I fail to get. So we have, oh, a high point, inner circle. Or should I say the high point of this is the pinnacle. I think the group works well together. MJF is hilarious. It's a group that he can lead and it, it fits more of his personality. When they tried to make him, you know, part of the de facto leadership of Inner Circle, I thought that was weird. This group fits more of him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, this is a good place to start because that whole segment was great. And then, uh, you know, he opens the bathroom door and the Inner Circle is inside and he's, he closes the door and he's like, guys, we got to go. <laughs> I thought it was pretty funny. And it was a pretty brutal segment. You know, the, you know, FDR gets busted up and it looks like LAX has now got an edge as baby faces, whatever, whatever works so we can free LAX. Um, but this, this makes sense. I, I, at first I wasn't too sure about this, but you know, aside from Jericho being, you know, seemingly wants to storm the Capitol and shit and Jake Hager just being a non-factor. I'm kind of interested in this now because LAX is involved and FTR is involved and MJF is involved. So I'm like, all right, cool. And I thought the segment was good. So I'll see where it goes. I wasn't gung ho at first, but now that segment. Yeah, I'm with it. Cool. Yeah. Only thing I, I dislike is that it probably means we're not freeing LAX at any time. It means that they're going to be stuck in the inner circle and it's going to continue to be a thing, but maybe at least like a five on five crazy match at double or nothing. Maybe yeah. they do their war games. Who knows? Yeah. And, and I, again, that, that all kind of makes sense. I think it's well played, but it's also a testament just to really how good MJF is. Oh, yeah. He's, he's just, he's really good at what he does. And Jericho, again, he may have lost a step in the ring. The guy knows how to build a program. He does. We, so, I, I have to give it to him. Like, yeah, he character work is crazy. Money. Yeah, but yeah, this, this shit works. And the song is... The song is the song. You yes. can't get away from no, it. No, this shit's super over. Um, <laughs> the lows. Cody and QT Marshall with the Nightmare family. They keep trying me. <laughs> Why is QT Marshall on my television? And let alone, why is he getting an entire program? I don't care about QT Marshall. The fact that he hit old man Arn Anderson did nothing for me. I didn't feel bad for Arn. His old ass shouldn't be out there anyway. <sighs> Listen, I, I don't get it. Was Billy Gunn in the ring at one point? Yes, man. It was a lot of it was a lot of people going on here. Man, listen, I'm on, you know how I feel. Get QT Marshall off my screen. There was only one bright side to this angle, right? Because now you put them all in the same program, and I'm just like, all right, cool. I can just change the channel when they're all there. But also, there is, you know, QT Marshall's little statement. I'm like, who are these guys? And I'm kind of interested in these guys. So hopefully there's a Sammy Guevara in that group that I that comes out and I'm just like, all right, cool. There's a, you're building somebody else. Hopefully it's not just gonna be this whole QT Marshall versus Cody vehicle, because then I'll just hate it. And I'll just change the channel because they'll be beefing with each other. But the guys that were in the ring, I was like, hmm, 
there might be something here with a few of them, but QT, just get QT Marshall the fuck off my screen. Just get him out of here. Yeah, and I, I, I will QT. say this. Red Velvet coming out to save the day. I was like, all right, well, whatever. She helped Cody. But then Jay Cargill just like annihilates her. And I keep looking at Jade. I'm like, dog, if they invest a year in building her and teaching her how to work, she's she's gonna be a fucking star. Oh yeah, she's Charlotte Flair. Yeah, like she's My like pedigree. Like you, yeah, you look at I mean the physique, obviously. Yeah. Like the girl is just in, in incredible shape. And her power moves just look excellent. And her promos aren't bad. After yeah, was, that, yeah. that rough path, like that really rough run with Cody, it feels like you could see that there's been some growth and it seems like she's going to get better. If they, if they stick to the script and build her and don't throw into a title program now, they could have something special, but if they rush it, they're going to fuck it up. Yeah. Yeah. They need to let her grow organically. Um, we had Christian cage, Frankie Kazarian. That match was okay. Yeah, it was all right. I don't work everyone gimmick for Christian cage and then having an okay match is a little weird. Yeah. That, that was going to be what I was going to say. Cause I mean, the match was fine. It wasn't bad, but I was just like, I didn't, yeah, it's not working for me yet. All right, you're going to have to show me something. But yeah, it was yeah. a really long match. For, like, there was better, there were two matches that were so much better on this show. Definitely. Um, one, this is not it, but we have Bunny and Nyla Rose versus Tay Conti and Sheeta. Tay Conti has figured it out in ring. Yeah, no, she's definitely got something. I mean, it was too crowded in NXT. There was nowhere for it to go. Yeah, they did not blow it. With take, I had this discussion on Twitter earlier. They're like, how many, uh, how many misses has NXT had? We got to start talking about this. Like, she's not a miss. Like, she was there. She learned how to wrestle there. She was at the PC. It helped her a ton. It was crowded. She left, and she's doing well. They didn't yeah, miss I mean, on anything. No, see, this is this is one of those things where it's like they had so much talent and the WWE was signing everybody, but it wasn't like Tay Conti was like an indie star who came in and got buried. She was like, she was a person who was learning and there was other people who had, were more established, so there was really nowhere for her to go. So it was kind of okay when you saw it as a, well, you know, I like her, but she didn't do anything. But now she's an AEW where that women's division needs help. Yes. So, cool. Like, you know, they, she'll be all right. But I, she's not a miss. It's not like how they handled EC3, right? Like, they fucked that one up. But Tay Conti's not a miss. Yeah, no, nah, she she has potential still. She's also not a sure thing yet. Yeah. No, not at all. So, um, other thing we had, Darby Allen setting up something with Matt Hardy. Or whatever. All right. Yeah, cool. Whatever. Um, the biggest matches. So best match of the night. We ended up getting Kenny Omega, Good Brothers, versus the Lucha Bros. Plus one. Because Laredo Kid was there. <laughs> um, the match, I mean, before I hit the ring, Pentagon was sending people over the rope doing crazy shit. So the shit had no... Those jump start, those, those, you know, oh, let's get it going. No, this shit was 60, 70, 80 miles per hour, 100 miles per hour, all the way through the end. Uh, amazing match. I knew it would have been, but, so I wasn't, like, surprised, but amazing match. I was surprised it didn't headline. Then I Yo, figured I, out why. Yeah. 
I, I was, you know, people have been talking about Kenny Omega real greasy on the internet over the past year. Where's Five Star Kenny? Where's Best Bout Machine? This motherfucker's been killing it the last few weeks. Like every week, he's just out there just doing wild matches. Then next week, they're going to do another one. Good Brothers and Omega against the Young Bucks and Moxley? Come on, That feels man. like a pay-per-view, by the yeah, way. Which, like a pay-per-view match. But I guess it's Mania Week. I get it. Yeah, and I mean, you know, there could be some a whole-ass storyline element because we had this thing with Don Callis and, and Matt and Nick. So it could be a whole storyline thing as well. But Omega's just showing his ass every week. And then there's still people out there who's like, Roman Reigns is the better wrestler. And I'm like, no. He's not the better wrestler. No, he, he's doing... Arguably, he's the better character now. But he's not the better wrestler. No, it's like, just chill out, man. He's, he's, had a, he's had a really good run. Let's not do this. Yeah, don't compare Bro. him to the best bout <laughs> machine just yet. Yeah, don't do it. But give Kenny credit because Kenny's out there just busting his ass every single week. And now, you know, he's going to go to Impact and have a match with Rich Swan for the Impact title. And it, like, the dude's just out here just doing his thing. Stop acting. Like, stop comparing these two. Like, it's Yeah, I like the John Moxley. Here. Like, I don't know how he fits with the Young Bucks, but I'm interested. Yeah, I, I, I want to see where all this goes, but it has tremendous potential, and it's Omega. And the Good yep. Brothers are fun to watch, too, so it is what it is. Uh, one thing I don't understand, Scorpio Sky back in the tag team with Ethan yeah. Page. Hey, look, man, did he give his um, two-week notice to SEU? Because he just jumped <laughs> ship, and nobody said anything. So I thought that was really strange. And I, I him and Ethan Page, I, I don't know. I don't know. They both feel disrespected. I get it. But that doesn't mean these two need to become a tag team. If they want to beat up people and go have a singles run and like one of them chases the title, the AW title, one chases the TNT title, we're cool with that. But if they start a tag run, I'm not with that at all. It's no. not going to elevate either of them. I don't think. I don't think so either, unless this is to build a feud between them somewhere down the line. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know. What Which is all right with me, but they we got to get there. Right now I'm skeptical. And then main event, um, arcade match. This was fun. I was surprised how much fun this match was. Yeah, I mean, they do these like weird gimmicky matches well, right? <laughs> like, so yeah. um, I, I still don't like Miro with Kip Sabian. Yeah, right? it's, like it's, we, we, you gotta get him off of there. Yeah, right. it's, it's long in the tooth, but I mean, I'm not bad at, you know, Chucky e. T, Orange Cassidy. Like, it was, it was fun. But you know, the match- minivan came up again. As soon as I see the minivan, at, at this point, the minivan is like Lil Wayne sparking the blunt before a song. <laughs> when I see the minivan and moms pull up and Chucky hop out the minivan, I'm like, yo, Chuck Taylor's here in the minivan. This shit's about to be fire. Trent, like, you know Trent, Trent, Trent hopped out the minivan. Oh, excuse it's me, Trent, Trent Beretta. Yeah. <laughs> um, Trent hopping out of the minivan. It's like, oh, we're getting, we're getting a banger right here. Because as soon as the minivan pulls up, the, you you know it's just fucking incredible. So yeah, now Trent pulling up minivan. Um, mom's giving him a kiss. That's just <laughs> like that's just that's just, just great. Uh, you know what? For one night, I was intrigued by Chris Stanland. Yeah, yo, I, the way she came out of the, like the little machine, and yo, first when she smashed Penelope four in the face with the glass, after she, I was he like, fucked her up with that glass. I was like, God damn! I was like, I don't think she was ready for that. And then, you know, the power, whatever that did, that looked like a uh, Michinoku driver into the, the air hockey table. I was like, God damn, this is some brutal shit. That's a hell of a spot. <laughs> what it hell was. Of a spot. Penelope took it like a champ. And then I'm like, all right, this is cool. I was like, I like that, you know, Statlander's been back. 
she could bring some juice to the division. And that was interesting. But then, yeah, Trent pulls up in the minivan and I popped and the finish. And Trent Reddell, when he comes out, he looks like a million bucks a lot of the time. Like, what do you, because he's tall, he's strong looking. And it works. Like the whole angle with his moms and shit, it works. Everything about this works. And then the hug at the end with the, like the Rainmaker cam with the pullback. Yeah. <laughs> I, when I watched this, I didn't expect this match to be all that good. I just thought it was going to be something to eventually get Rusev, Rusev, Miro off of Kip Sabian and kind of bury this. But I was like, this was more fun than it had any business being. So this was really good. I, oh, yeah. I, I enjoyed AW and I enjoyed it more than NXT which on a go-home show, I wasn't, I didn't expect that. They had a lot of shit to build. Um, and I wasn't mad at NXT because they gave a lot of time to the women on this episode. Like, there's a lot of women's storylines. So I was like, all right, cool. That's This was the quiet before the storm. And it allowed me to watch more of AEW, which, which I really appreciated. Like, I didn't feel like I was missing anything in NXT. NXT knows next week it's time to ramp it up. And then next week we have TakeOver. So I'll be glued to NXT next week, but man, it was this, this match is just these matches that they have. So last year we had LAX versus best friends where it completely shocked me. And it was one of my favorite matches of the year. And then now I look at this, I'm like, yo, I think they fuck around and did it again. <laughs> like we're just blindsided me. It was like, you know what? By the, I'm going to look up at the end of the year and be like, yo, they have one of my favorite tag matches of the year. They did. And then, yeah, Penelope got to get away for Sabian. We got to get Miro away from Sabian. Everyone, just get the hell away from Kip Sabian is the problem in that group because everyone else looked great. I agree. Um, so that was AEW. NXT, you touched on. NXT was really just another week of building towards takeover and it was it was a lot focused on the women's title not you know tag team match added as well which we'll touch on but it focused mainly on Io Shirai and I guess they're headlining so they had to yeah so the so I have an issue with this and the issue isn't necessarily how they handle it. It feels like they recognize, like, man, this is headlining night, and it doesn't have a lot of juice, so let's just have Eo and Raquel, like, fight through the whole show. And I was like, that's kind of cool, but I realized what was going on when I, fig I figured it out. Night one is on TV. Night two is on Peacock exclusive. Yep. So if you're going to get people to tune in on Wednesday, and your main – because I thought, personally, that Cole and Kyle should have main evented a night. Right, because that has all the juice, but they want to push people to Peacock. But in order to do that, they want to intrigue you enough with night one of TakeOver to make you say, all right, if I didn't get Peacock then, I'm going to get it now so I can watch the second half of this. But they realized like Raquel Gonzalez and Neil Sherratt didn't have a lot of juice. It did. Yeah. They kind of blew it after War Games. They just kind of let it settle for a while, but it is what it is. So they did this three-segment, maybe it was four, where they just kept fighting. And yeah. I was like, this is a lot. This is a lot for a takeover, for a go-home show, because WWE stopped really doing go-home shows really well. They used to do them, and you get super hyped for the takeover or WrestleMania, whatever the pay-per-view was. Yep. They were still adding matches on this show, which I thought was strange. I, I didn't care for that gauntlet match at the end, the Battle Royal for the, the gauntlet. The Battle Royal, yeah. It, and it led to a weird result of this is not the six people I thought we'd have. 
Yeah, and you know, and then we we announced Kushida versus Pete Dunne, which is like out of nowhere. I was just like, you guys are just trying to fill both nights now. We don't. This is why I was upset, kind of, that they did it for two nights because now they're just starting to shove matches in there that I'm just like, why are we doing this? Because you guys didn't build towards anything. And the in the main thing, the women's tag title match, which in a vacuum I'm not mad about, but it makes me think like. What was the point of introducing NXT women's tag titles? Because this match doesn't really have a lot of juice. But then on uh, uh, Nia Jax and Shayna, they don't even really have a feud. That should have been the feud for WrestleMania. Shotzi and Ember versus in, like versus uh, Nia and Shayna. And you could have thrown somebody else in there. If you, if you could have done Dakota and Raquel, but obviously Raquel's moved on. But they should have just kept the tag titles and left them floating because there's just not enough tag teams for this to be interesting. I, I wouldn't mind, like, I wouldn't mind a, a four corners tag match, like, on the main roster yeah. where you have the champs, one team from SmackDown, one team from Raw, and then you have Ember and Shotzi from NXT. That's, and, you know, that's and, perfect. And you do four corners match on regular WrestleMania, even if you put on a pre-show, wherever you want to put it, four corners tag match for the women's titles. I, I think it would have set up nicely because they've built separate feuds for the women on the main roster too. It's so weird. It would have made sense, but no. Yeah, this, this is so weird. So it's like, you know, the, the main things that they did on this NXT show that I, I like, I, I like Prime Target with Colin O'Reilly. I thought they did a good, good job with that. Yeah. Telling their story about how long they've been friends, blah, blah, blah. I thought they did a really good job of that. Um, there was something else I thought was okay. I mean, the tag teams, Grizzly Young Veterans are actually better on the mic than I thought. Yeah, um, no, I mean, the, the Santos Escobar, it was weird. He has a match with Tyler Breeze, and I'm like, this ain't getting me hyped for the Devlin match. Um, and the same, the other, my, my other issue, the match I think is going to be good. Ciampa versus Walter. Yeah. Ciampa has had, like, zero momentum. He lost to Thatcher. They lost in the Dusty Classic. When's the last time he's won a match? And why does he get a title match? I'm yeah, so confused. He beat by Thatcher once, but yeah, like him and Thatcher had 50 50 booking. Yeah, but he lost the last match with Thatcher and then joined a tag team with him and then they lost in the Dusty, in the Dusty Cup. Yeah. So it's like when, when I look at Walter and I'm like, well, the man hasn't lost, right? Like he hasn't been pinned in a singles match. Mm. So of all the people to challenge Walter at NXT TakeOver, you're going to pick a guy with no momentum? Yeah, I get it. Thatcher's joining Imperium. Cool. Like, he was an original I mean, member I of hope Imperium. So. I, I right. think he comes out like he's going to help Ciampa, and then he ends up joining. So, I, I get it. Like, it's going to be a big reveal as Thatcher, newest member of Imperium. But the weird part about it is, is has anybody been really invested in Ciampa and Thatcher as a tag team? Because it kind of just happened out of nowhere. Yeah, no. It was... There was no like real relationship where you feel like if Thatcher comes out and turns on Ciampa in this match, which is weird because Walter doesn't need any help. But if that's the route you want to go, nobody's really invested to go, oh, man, I can't believe he turned on his friend like that. It's not like Gargano and Ciampa. It's just like, like a tag team that got thrown together. And you're going to break him up if that's the route you're going to go with. And the last thing is Ciampa needs to shake his head. I, I'm just not buying. He's not. Yeah. Guy. Bald spot Ciampa. Yeah, it's, George Jefferson Champa ain't doing it for me, man. Nah, nah, super old man Champa. It doesn't, it doesn't hit the same. Um, and then yeah, I guess so. Real quick before we hit the break, this is what both nights of NXT Takeover will look like. We'll obviously touch on it probably on our Sunday show to preview the entire thing. But it looks like night one we have Pete Dunn versus Kushida. 
we have the triple threat tag team match um, for the vacant NXT Tag Team Championships with MSK, Grizzly Young Veterans, and Legado del Fantasma. Then we have the six-man gauntlet match, which I don't know how they're fitting this into two hours because the gauntlet match is long as fuck. But Leon Ruff, Isaiah Swerve Scott, because they have beef, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and LA Knight. And then we have Walter versus Ciampa. Oh, by the way, winner of the six-man gauntlet wrestles on night two against Gargano. Market employee. Oh, man, I just saw who won. Let me get night two. Yeah, probably... Dexter Loomis, which doesn't get me any more excited for Dexter Loomis. Um, and then main event, Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez. Should be a good match. See how that plays out. Uh, night two, Ember Moon, Shotzi Blackheart versus The Way. Tag team title match. All right. Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly is going to be great. Gargano versus the winner. The other one, Johnny doesn't have bad takeover matches. Devlin versus Santos Escobar. Ladder match might be the best match of the weekend. And then Balor versus Karrion Cross, which I thought they should have devoted more time to this week. Yes. It was okay, but it still didn't get to where it needed to be. Not for a takeover, man. Not for it's so not for strange. a main event. The main event is Cole versus O'Reilly. It is. That's the thing that everybody's invested in. Like, and this has no juice. The other last thing, and then we can take our break and talk main Ross real quick. Um what the fuck are we doing with Roderick Strong? We gave him this creative wrestler music to come out to open the show, and then he just gets pinned clean in a match against Cameron Grimes. Yeah. He, He's it's, confused. It's, it's, it's not looking good for him. I don't know where he goes. I, I'll explain it on the next segment, but you know how we just broke up the Hurt business and we know which Cedric, Cedric and Shelton ain't going nowhere? Yeah. What's going to happen to Roddy, unfortunately. Damn. Roddy's the eye man now. Yep. Listen, it's a cold world out here. <laughs> I don't know where Roddy goes after this. Let's hit the break. We'll come back. You you teased it. The Hurt Business is no more for Baron fucking Corbin. We'll talk about the main roster when we come back. Don't go anywhere. We'll get right back to the show in a second, but first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We're back and we're talking main roster this time. Just touching on a few things before we get out of here because next week, both shows will be devoted to pro wrestling. We will be talking about some of our favorite WrestleMania moments, some of our favorite NXT mania moments. We will preview the entire NXT card on our Sunday show. We will then recap NXT on our Thursday show next week while previewing the entire two nights of WrestleMania as well. Uh, On Sunday, we'll touch on some of the indie shows that are going down, some of the matchups we can't wait to see on the independent scene from the week. If you guys don't have fight, 
find a way to watch these matches, support the indies. Uh, we have GCW and plenty other shows out there that really need your support. So make sure you guys do that. So packed week of wrestling. I'm sure there'll be some hip hop mixed in. We got a versus the old folks versus this weekend. We got to talk about. <laughs> yeah, we stepping out with the Gators, baby. So we we got a packed weekend of fun topics next week. So we won't spend too much time on the main roster here, but we do have to mention, like Dre said before the break, Bobby Lashley has gone rogue. It looked so promising when he won the belt. The entire hurt business had gold. Shit was all good just a week ago. And then now Bobby Lashley beat the hell out of Shelton Benjamin. Then they randomly have a match in which he continues to beat the hell out of Shelton Benjamin. It looks like it's the end of the hurt business. Cedric Alexander looks like a punk because he won't even help. And Bobby Lashley still looking for someone to take him up on that offer. You get rid of Drew, you get the title shot at Mania. And at the end of the night, Baron King Corbin comes out after after Ricochet tries and fails against McIntyre. And then Mustafa Ali tries and fails against McIntyre. But the man who can get the job done, Baron Effin Corbin, came out, helped Bobby Lashley. Corbin was on SmackDown, not Raw. And now is somehow involved in this feud going into WrestleMania. I this is now as pointless as watching Braun Strowman do the choo-choo train. Oh my God. Uh, which also oh, happened. Oh my God, it gave me a headache. <laughs> um so I don't understand the logic before we even get into the breaking up of the herd business, which I don't understand the logic of that either. I understand the logic of Bobby Lashley has been mowing people down for the past few months. Won the, the US title. Just mowing people down. Lost it without getting pinned. Mowing people down. Why are you trying to make him look like a bitch now? Heading into this match with Drew. Like, oh, I need help to take Drew out. No, you should be a badass. Just say, I'm going to fuck you up. Period. You know, they, what's weird to me is that this is very telling of how WrestleMania has been booked. Just last week, you had a match where Drew wrestled Shelton and Cedric. And if he won, the Hurt Business was banned from ringside. That was made completely moot by breaking up the Hurt Business. <laughs> completely. Because now they don't want to be ringside. In it's fact, like you might have hindered yourself because they could have helped you now that they got beef. Right. So it's like, I don't, this feels like they're just throwing this shit together on the fly still. It still feels like they're figuring this out. So Bobby Lashley having to get Baron Corbin, who doesn't do shit on SmackDown, thank God. But this is so dumb. It's not making Bobby Lashley look like the unstoppable beast that he should be. Because if you're tasked with putting Drew over, if that's what your goal is like, well, we didn't do it in front of a crowd last year. We're going to do it now, even though it doesn't fucking matter. But if that's what you really want to do, keep Bobby Lashley strong. Make it yep. feel worth it. Don't do not do this. Or maybe they feel like that. I, I don't know. I can't understand the logic in any of this. Because now you, the Hurt Business hasn't been together a year. They just won all the gold, except for the main title. Like, and then they won the main title. They've had all the titles. And in less than a month, you break them up for no real reason usually you break up a faction of this magnitude after wrestlemania like if you really needed to but why do you need to what's the point of this they're good together 
if Lashley loses to Drew at WrestleMania because the Hurt Business is banned from ringside, they can still rock. They can look. I'm even more perturbed that Shelton and Cedric had to lose the titles so AJ Styles and almost can get a shot at the New Day. Why? They're not even a fucking tag team. <laughs> Uh, it's I figured out why it's the only title AJ Styles has not held in the WWE. This oh makes him a Grand Slam champ. But come on, man! Like to, just letting like, you know. Yeah, it's come on, man. There's other ways to do this if you really have to. But almost doesn't look like he's ready for anything. I don't know. He was pretty entertaining when he grabbed the mic, uh, just because you don't expect him to talk. And then he beat the hell out of the New Day for a second. He threw Xavier over the barricade. Yeah, I'm just, He's I'm a big-ass dude. I'm just trying, trying to picture this as a WrestleMania match because New Day beat the Hurt Business on a random-ass Raw, and then they pivoted to this again, which tells me they didn't know what they were doing with these titles until yeah. just recently. They just figured it out. But, man... You know how funny it is to me to see that AJ Styles' WrestleMania program is he, him and three black men? I know, right? Love it. Love it. <laughs> Love it. But the Hurt Business deserves so much better. MVP has been excellent. Shelton and Cedric had a purpose. Now they're going to go back into obscurity. Bobby Lashley's going to lose his title and go. maybe he'll be in, back in another angle with Lana. Like, this Sir, is all so They are not in obscurity. They're going to the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. On taking place on SmackDown. Right. Yes, obscurity. Thank you. Because it's, it's like the pre-show, pre-show for Mania, because Mania is Saturday and Sunday. So it's a pre-show, pre-show. Who else is in that battle royal? Is Tucker in that shit? Tucker is in this. Obscurity. Uh, Along with T-Bar, Mace, and Slapjack. Sounds like a rap group. Uh, (laughs) Not not the Mace that's top 50 MCs, (laughs) by the way. A different Mace. It sounds like a 90s rap group that used to have beef with Onyx. That's what it sounds like. (laughs) Slapjack. Yeah, sticky fingers. Fuck you from Mace and Slapjack. All right, cool. T bar, T bar doing ad libs. I'm telling you, 90s, 90s beef with Onyx. That's what these fools sound like. But this is this is just dumb, man. This is this is disrespectful. I, and MVP did so much to come back to be in this group to have the suits. Like they had something really special. They didn't need to break them up now. Totally no. unnecessary. Um, so that's like the main thing that happened. I mean, Burnt Up Fiend made a cameo. Oh God. Uh, by sitting on the swing, but they didn't devote too much time to that. Like, don't oh no, god! Like, but it's just, I'm just saying, it just, it's, I hate it. I, night one is light, by the way, on WrestleMania. Um, I will do the same for Mania as before we get out of here to let you. Wait, guys wait, know. no, no! Before you do that, I didn't notice because I had, you know, I have Raw on. I didn't notice that when Braun gets ready to do that train shit on the outside, that he actually plays the Choo Choo Train in the in the Thunderdome. I just noticed that recently when I started listening with volume. Yeah, somebody was like, yo, it's been going on for three weeks. I was like, I have not been paying attention. When he jumped outside the ring and it was like, choo-choo, I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. It's like, ridiculous. This, this is so, like, oh, fact- Matt Riddle, great promo, by the way. Oh, my God. Somebody could say it was on purpose. That was absolutely not on purpose. No, no, I think he he was high and he forgot his words. He just blew it and then he didn't think it was live. He's just like, I'm just going to scoot off. And Asuka, she was like... I have English isn't even my first language, but what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) It works so well, though. I I was just like, yo, he's mad high. Like, he just had to bounce. Bruh, bruh, like, we just booked this. uh, They did it again. They did it again. 
Rhea Ripley signs the contract with Oscar for WrestleMania, and then Nia and Shayna come out after Rhea attacks Oscar, and they're like, "You two want a tag match?" And they're like, "Can they work together?" No, they can't work together. You do this every year. These two people that are about to have the biggest matches of their lives at WrestleMania, they can't work together. They Why just did it with Sasha this? and Bianca two weeks ago. So we can't. It never work. It never works. It's never worked. Makes no sense, man. No oh sense. So night one, Cesaro versus Seth Rollins. Given time, should be a good match. Over um, probably the longest match of the night. Strowman versus Shane McMahon because it's now a steel cage match. Oh my god! To keep uh, Jackson Riker out. <laughs> Dog, this is right? so bad. Why? Why? They, we want Shane McMahon to keep living out his dreams of jumping off of shit. That's oh, it. that's the, that's the only reason he's doing this to jump off the cage. He just wants um, to jump off shit. But this yeah. whole beef is because he called Braun stupid. All right. Yeah, and showed his report card. And then, um, there's New Day versus Styles and Omos. Whatever. Bad Bunny versus The Miz. Bad Bunny's been booked the best out of anyone on Raw. <laughs> they booked this motherfucker strong. He is. He is great. Uh, oh um, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. Shout out, shout out. I gotta shout out my bros, uh, Kofi and Woods, because they they had the our, support our heroes rock in the ring with the Pictionary on Raw. Yes. That yes. was really dope. That like that made me smile. So friendly reminder, everybody, before we get out of here, I totally forget. Next week is the last week of the Our Heroes Rock campaign. We're at like almost 120,000. We got 30,000 more dollars to go. And we got we just revealed we have OHR hoodies. And I'm telling you now, because by the time this podcast comes out, you'll see it. We're doing OHR socks and bundle packages. So please support. We're, you know, we get we, Rhapsody, Eric from the Flatbush Zombies are gonna be doing the music. Uh yeah, last week we get a second cor- uh, second character next week. Yes, we are revealing a second character next week. Uh, and yeah, with new rewards and uh, when I say if you support us, I appreciate. It, but it's the last week. We got like this fucking cartoon is expensive. Please help us. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> um, and then we have Lashley versus Drew and Sasha versus Bianca, which might headline according to reports. Who might headline? Sasha and Bianca. Unless I got April Fooled. I'm just saying they bungled this this so bad. It's it's hard to feel like, yeah, that's just a headline. They they man, you had a layup. Um, night two now consists of Riddle versus Sheamus, Owens versus Zayn. Why are we doing Riddle versus Sheamus? Sheamus just pinned him clean on Raw. Why did why? Why do we do this? 50-50 booking, sir. Riddle versus Sheamus, Owens versus Zayn, which given time should be a dope match. E versus Cruz. Which, given time, should be a dope match. I'm glad it's on night two. Um, Oscar versus Rhea Ripley, which, given time, should be a dope match. Fiend versus Randy Orton, which, which should given be time would be a bad match. Which should be, which, given this lineup, could be an hour long cinematic match, Oof. and they could give everyone ten minutes. Um, and then Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. So night two on paper is fucking stacked. Yeah, I mean, it could be good. The My biggest issue with WrestleMania is it's been poorly built. Yes, so hopefully they deliver. We'll talk more about all of these next week. We appreciate you guys, as always. Thank you for following us. If you haven't followed us yet, check us out on Twitter, at Corner Podcast underscore, at Corner Club for Life on Instagram, me, at Kel Dansby, him, at Andres Hale on all platforms. Shout out to Blue Wire Network, all of the sponsors, 
most importantly, stay safe, stay Rona free. We're not out of the woods yet. Make sure you guys are handling business because next year, next year, we're in Dallas, baby. We got to do it. We got to do a big, it's, we got to have brunch. We got to do a bunch of crazy shit. So we all need to be healthy and to get there. We appreciate all of you. Until next week, it's all WrestleMania. Don't forget, we're out. Peace. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.